Well, I am so happy to welcome you as we gather as the Christ Journey family on Family Worship Day. All of our campuses, all experiences, all of our family here together. So, kids, parents, are you out there? Can I hear from you? Can we let each other hear us? We got guests online. We got guests across the nation, around the world. Kendall Campus, are you there? Feel the love. Amen. So thankful for every person who's joining us. So wherever you're making your connection with us today, especially if this is your very first time to be with us, we want to treat you like family. We welcome you to the family as we officially begin our countdown toward Christmas today. Now, this is December 1st, so how many days until Christmas Day? Yeah, I'm telling you, 24 days. Our kids know this like that. And grown-ups, you know that we're just going to turn around and it's going to be right here. And then it's going to be the happiest day of the year. And it's going to be the most wonderful season of all, right? And what makes it happy? Well, you won't say it out loud, I know, but presents. Anybody, does, do presents make this a happy time for you? Yeah, presents make it happy for me. How about food? Anybody in the food category? I got food at Christmas time. How about um, music? You have special music you enjoy at Christmas time. This is the time that makes it best. How about people? People that you love, people that you know, family, friends, telling you all of those things are a part of what make it happy for me. And speaking of people, I have two very special people that are with me today, my wife and my mother. Would you make them feel welcome right here? Holidays are such special days, especially when the people you love can be together. Now, the thing is, um, the very things that make it happy, people especially, can make this season forlorn at the same time. Kind of sad. Because at the same time, you know, we all have a longing to belong. We all want somebody to know us somebody to love us, somebody to affirm us. And when we can get together and enjoy that, it's wonderful. But when you get together and somebody's not there, maybe circumstances changed your situation. Maybe death has invaded your family. Challenging times have come. Or maybe, you know, what you, I saw a mug one time, it said, life, it's nothing like the brochure. Maybe your life hasn't turned out the way that you thought it would. And when this time rolls around each year, there's a kind of forlornness that comes with it. So, yes, we celebrate on one hand, and then we have sorrow on another hand. I, I even see this in the Charlie Brown Christmas special. You, you watch this? Uh, where Charlie's talking to Linus. He's leaning against the wall. He says, I think there must be something wrong with me, Linus. I know Christmas is coming, but I'm not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. Maybe you can relate to that. We all have this longing to feel, to belong, to, to be loved, to be known. And where does the longing come from? No, seriously, where does it come from? Is it just the, the collision of chemicals in your brain that just make you feel a certain way that could be manipulated this time of year for profit? Right? Is that all there is? Is that where the longings come from. The wisdom writer from the book of Ecclesiastes offers this, that our maker, the great God above all, who holds all in existence, has made us in his image and longs for us to be freely known and loved 
by him. He gave us this desire. The longing to belong, this desire, comes from him. Uh, We just heard a moment ago the reading of Scripture, the desire of nations. We all have desires to be known, to be loved, to belong. Where do those desires come from? The Scripture says God gives us those desires. God set eternity in the human heart. There is a longing as big as the cosmos in the human heart. Or kids, the way that your guide sheet says it, it says God has given people a sense of who he is. And that sense calls us up. It's kind of like a homing device that says, come home to me, and it draws us into a relationship with a God who is larger than our lives. We're hungry in ways that only God can fill. That's what it means. That there's a place in us that has a longing and an emptiness that is made especially for God. Augustine's offered this prayer. He said, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Maybe your heart is restless today. Or maybe your heart is resting because you are known and you are loved and you are connected. If you're a guest with us, we're so thankful that you've chosen to come. And we pray that you'll find this to be a place of connection and of belonging. And you know what? In in both happy and sad times through the years, the music has stayed with me. Um, Whether... Uh, I have a Christmas playlist. Do you? A Christmas party playlist. I I literally have this. I've got like four of them that I hit depending on where I'm connecting at that time. Would you be surprised if I told you that Blue Christmas is on my Christmas party playlist? Not the Elvis version. I'll have a blue. Not that one. Not that one. Not that there's anything wrong with that one. But I like the Vince Gill version. I mean, it's got this smooth acoustic, and it's got that sort of forlornness about, you know, I'll, I'll just be blue thinking about you. I, I, I relate to that. I, my heart is hungry for connection and relationship at Christmas time. And um, then there's another one, you know, you know this one. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah, that's, is that on your Christmas playlist? Or maybe Merry Christmas, darling. You don't have to admit this one, but I'm telling you, it's on my playlist. Though we're apart, I'm still Christmasing with you. It's that forlorn longing that says I want a connection where I belong and I be- I'm being loved and I'm being known, and it's full of longing. And I'm thinking that we all have songs that around this time of year, we break them out again and we listen to them because they remind us it's Christmas, right? Like Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Is that one on your Christmas party playlist? Or Harry Christmas by Duck Dynasty. Kind of like that one. Um, don't we all have songs that when we hear them, it just lets us know, hey, heads up, it's Christmas. Now, I'm a romantic. I'm a sucker for Christmas. I've always loved it. And I can tell you, even in the years that have been so hard, some years are tough. Some years are very tender when, when someone you love isn't there. Um, when grief has interfered, when economic crisis has sort of made gift buying sparse. And yet, you know what? The music is still there. The music is still there. By the way, I always have a white Christmas at my house. Yeah, somebody got it. Thanks. Yeah. Guillermo Blanco, come on. 
says it's white Christmas at my house. But I'm thinking that everybody has a Christmas party playlist, and I'm going to bring one up here, and I'm going to rip through it real quick and see if any of these songs are on your playlist. Let it snow. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Silver bells, winter wonderland, Santa Claus is coming to town, Santa baby rocking around the Christmas tree, chestnuts roasting or an open fire. I'll be home for Christmas. Jingle bell rock. There's no place like home for the holiday. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Any of those songs show up on anybody's Christmas playlist this time of year. You listen to those songs. You, they remind you uh, that it's this time of year. And I'm thinking there's something that they all have in common. I mean, I know there's a lot of different guises that they come in. They take us to the weather. They take us to the food. They take us to uh, any number of experiences. But all of those experiences have an emotional connection at their heart. It's a longing for belonging that reminds us in the food, in the tree, in the gifts, in the fun, in the just crazy being a kid place that people matter more than stuff. Would you say that with me, everybody together? People matter more than stuff. One more time. People matter more than stuff. All of those songs, and we sometimes call them secular, bring to mind this very awareness of this desire, the desire of nation, the desire of the human heart to belong, to be loved, to be known. People matter more than stuff. And there's something else they all have in common. You know what it is? They're all written by Jewish composers. Is that news to anybody? Newsweek magazine headlined the story, the best Christmas songs were actually written by Jews. Did you know that? You can check this out. What would Christmas be like without the songs that have been written by Jews? Because I'm telling you, these songs are on my playlist. I, I link up with them. I listen to them over and over and over again. Would you be surprised to know that the, these aren't the only Christmas songs that are written by Jews? In fact, these aren't the only songs who wrote songs, these aren't the only Jews who wrote songs celebrating Christmas. The Psalms of the Bible were all written by Jews. And Joy to the World, the Christmas carol, Joy to the World, actually has nine different Jewish psalms as its resource material woven into the celebration from predictive prophecies telling the day when Messiah would come. Jews for Jesus website lists 68 different Jewish psalms, references to the psalms that find fulfillment in the New Testament in the coming of Jesus Christ. The Jewish writer Levi, whose name is also Matthew, actually starts his gospel with a very Jewish declaration. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, look at this. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Where did he come from? The son of David... Jewish King David, and the son of Abraham, father of the faithful. The first thing Levi wants us to know as his readers, Matthew wants us to know, that the Jesus that he is introducing us to is the offspring of Abraham and the son of David. Father Abraham, King David, and then he takes us, he footnotes that claim through a little cemetery tour when he reminds us of the tracks the family all the way back to Abraham and then down to King David and then right there to Jesus Christ. Now, why does that matter? Today, lots of people 
are accessing tools like 23andMe and um, Ancestry.com. You know what they're doing. They're little testing to determine the, uh, they're doing genetic testing to determine the history of their ethnicity and then discover where they're from and meet some new relatives along the way. There's actually a PBS documentary show. It's called Finding Your Roots. It's a TV show that helps people track their lineage back in time. And it's hosted by this Harvard professor in a quest to get to the DNA, he says, the DNA of American culture. Well, you know what the disciple Matthew does? The very first verse of the first chapter of the first gospel that we read in the New Testament, he invites the listener, the reader, into the DNA of Jesus Christ. In the opening words of the gospel, not just to answer our curiosity questions about ethnicity. You know what he wants us to know right up front? He wants you to know that the Jesus he is introducing has the pedigree required to be Messiah as foretold in the ancient prophecies. From the book of Genesis, the story of Abraham, and from the book of Samuel, and the book of Psalms, the story of David. Now, Matthew is going to open much more evidence of the glories of the stories, the tales of the glories, as we heard in the song, on the pages that follow, but there'll be nothing less than this. The seed of Abraham, the house of David. What that means is, if Jesus of Nazareth were to spit in a jar and send it to Ancestry.com, guess what you would discover? Son of David, seed of Abraham. That's exactly saying, biologically, that's how he got here. That's where he came from. In Genesis, God tells Abraham this, I will bless you. I want you to read this promise with me because this is what Matthew's wanting us to see. Here we go. Read it together. I will bless you and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Son of Abraham. And then God tells David in 2 Samuel, my love will never be taken from you. Chapter 7, verse 16, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me, and your throne will be established forever. Now, that comes from around 1000 B.C., that verse, that, that story. Then you got to back up another 900 years or so to get to Abraham, which means that the prophecies that we're looking at today are 4,000 years old that we're celebrating today in this Christmas 4,000 years old. These lines are promises from God who is ancient, older than history, holding us in his hand, fulfilling his promises, and then revisited time and again in the Psalms, all affirming God's faithfulness. All that means for us today is you can trust God. He keeps his promises. So what we're celebrating and what Matthew wants us to know is that God has got you covered. You can trust his promises. And from the book of Psalms, this is the Hebrew worship songbook, Songs in the Key of Life, from which they experience their journey with God, Matthew wants to tag up right up front to remind us from those Psalms written by Jews of the promises God is keeping. Psalm 105, verse 8, he remembers his covenant forever. The word he commanded for 1,000 generations. The covenant he made with who? Abraham. There it is. And then the oath he swore to Isaac, his son, and then he converted to Jacob, his son, as a decree. To Israel, as an everlasting covenant, God is going to bless you and through you bless the world. Matthew says, here it is. Then, 2 Samuel, okay, uh, Psalm 89. You said, speaking of God, I have made a covenant with my chosen 
my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and will make your throne firm throughout all generations. Then he hits it again, Psalm 132. The Lord swore an oath to David, a sure oath that he will not revoke. One of your own descendants will have, I will place on your throne. Now Psalm 89 was written to describe the glories of David's reign. God had promised to make David the mightiest king on earth and then keep his descendants on the throne forever. One small problem. Actually, it's not small. It's a big one. Jerusalem fell. Jerusalem was destroyed. There was no throne. How are you going to keep one of David's descendants on a throne in a kingdom that no longer exists? How's God going to keep that promise? A seed that would bless every nation on earth when the throne isn't even there anymore. You know what? The Jewish disciples who did not forget the promises and remembered that God always keeps his word. When Jesus, a Jewish boy was born to a Jewish virgin and the words of the Jewish prophets who came through the Jewish songbook pointed to a day when the Jewish Savior for the entire world would be born. That's what Matthew wants us to see. These ancient prophecies God made centuries before Christ. But God was doing it before their very eyes. And the Jewish writers of the, new, of the first century want us to know that they see them being fulfilled in Jesus Christ, in his coming, and then in his offering of himself on the cross for the sins of the world, and then in his rising again from the dead to the ultimate way God is going to bless the entire nation and world through him through the seed of Abraham, Savior of the world. And then Jesus rising from the dead, ascending to the throne of God. What's that one about? Guess what? The throne before God that will never end. Jesus is occupying it right now. A descendant of David on the throne before him forever. Matthew's given us a heads up. Do you know who he is? Do you know what it means? Do you know that God keeps his promises? And that song, you know, the Jewish composer who wrote the words to this song, the most wonderful time of the year, though, includes these words. We just sang them. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow, and there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories from Christmases long time ago. I wanted to pull that out. Tales from Christmases long, long ago, because that's what we're talking about. That's how Matthew starts his story. But before I get there, I have to tell you, I've always snagged on that the one ghost stories. I'm thinking, isn't that another holiday? You know, how did that wind up in a Christmas song? Then it occurred to me, the story that Charles Dickens wrote in a time when Great Britain, England, was struggling and families were in trouble and children were hurting and and the economy was tough, and the world was in upheaval, he wrote this little story about three ghosts that came to visit a man named Ebenezer Scrooge who thought that stuff was what mattered most. And the ghost of Christmas past came, the ghost of Christmas present came, the ghost of Christmas future came, and this story just doesn't seem to go away. It's the scary ghost story that gave Scrooge a chance to remember that People matter more than stuff. That's what Christmas is about. People matter more than stuff. And your life can have an impact greater than material 
Christmas present, Christmas future, the tales of the glory. You know what we're looking at in the tales of the glory are ancient predictions that were so far, long, long ago, Christmas is long, long ago, that at that time, the child to be born was only a seed in Abraham. And then through the years, a thousand years pass, and now a son yet to be born to David. But Matthew says, oh, those Christmases past have given birth to a Christmas present. Jesus of Nazareth, the greatest present the world could ever get. The greatest gift that God could ever give. So there's the gift of Christmas. Where's the tree? Oh, it's an old rugged cross on a hill called Calvary, a tree where God gave the gift so that anybody who will, whosoever will, may come and be known and be loved and and belong and and have a chance to begin again. This is the Christmas present that then tells us, you know what, your future is going to be all right. One day that Jesus will come again, and when he does, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus is Lord. Now, what are we supposed to do till he comes? Well, that's a long time. Of course, he, maybe he'll come back sooner, but I'm just thinking, what can we do for the next 24 days? That's until Christmas comes, right? What can we do in the next 24 days? And what I'm thinking is, why not work on your own Christmas party playlist? That'd be a good place to start. Just you have songs that you like, maybe 10 of them. Just start as a, as a mom, a dad, kids, you know, just come up with your own Christmas party playlist. What are the top 10 songs that you like, and why do you like them? What do they stir in you? And then as you think through that and sit with that, then maybe you share that with your loved ones, with those in your closest circle. That you start with your own Christmas party playlist and then you share with each other how it makes you feel and why you like them and what it reminds you of. And then you get a chance to get a little bit closer to what Christmas means in doing that. But don't just stop with the music. I want to suggest that you build a life party playlist and then you revisit it for the next 24 days. You know what a party playlist is? Playlist is something, songs that you don't get tired of listening to. So you just listen to them, you listen to them, you listen to them. Am I right? You listen to them some more, you listen to them some more. Yeah. Okay, what if for the next 24 days you were to build a Christmas life playlist of blessings that you can receive and offer again and again and again for 24 days as we count down to Christmas that will help answer Charlie Brown's longing. You know, Christmas is coming, but I don't feel, I'm, I'm concerned about it. Well, what could you do? I'm telling you what you could do right now. And here's some things that could be on that list. Trust God. Trust God's promises. Over the next 24 days, you know, our family ministry has a daily calendar that will count us down till December 25th that lists Bible verses that are full of hope for your family to reflect upon every day. And you could open one of those and then share that around your table every day so that over the next 24 days, what if every morning you were to get up, you were to read a promise from God, then reflect upon what it means for you, just like Abraham and Sarah did before their son was born, just like David and Solomon did, just like the writers of the Psalms did and said, look what God promised, and we're still holding on to it. This is what people of faith do. We trust God, and then we reflect upon his promises, and then our hearts find rest when we're there. Here's one that gives me rest. I'd love for you to say it with me. 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Can we say this together? Everybody, every sight, all together. I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you ever feel like you're all alone, like nobody gets you, like it's just hard and you're not sure how you're going to make it? This is a promise God wants you to hold on to and reflect on. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So where is God inviting you to trust him right now to believe that? Here's another item. Watch for God's plans to unfold. God has plans for your life. What that means is life, listen to me, life is not simply the random collision of chemicals and circumstances that erupt in this sort of chaotic fashion. No, God is at work beyond the chaos, beyond the challenge, and he is fulfilling his plan of the ages. 4,000 years these promises have been a part of human culture, and we're not done with them yet. God's not done yet. Moses said, God is not man that he should lie. That means you can trust him when God makes you a promise. Jeremiah quoted God saying this, I know the plan I have for you. Plan to give you future and hope. God's got plans. So it's really, you want in on his plans, you got to stay alert spiritually. How do you do that? Well, be a part of the countdown to Christmas. Come every Sunday as we celebrate Advent. You know, that's one way to do it. Every day, start your day with God and His Word. Then through the day, keep the line of communication open with God in prayer. And then uh, as you find opportunity, serve others. Take up His cross daily, Jesus said. That means that you give your life to serve God's will. And as you're doing that, you know what we always do? We just keep our eyes open for where the plan of God is unfolding so then we can take a step of faith, trust him there, watch for God's plans to come true, and then finally share the party. This is what I'm hoping you'll do with us over the 24 days between now and Christmas Day that you will help other people look and hear and taste and see that the Lord is good by what we share as he keeps his promises and, um, and we get to invite people into the truth that they matter more than stuff. People matter more than stuff. And our opportunity as Christ followers is to invite people to join us in the remembering that as we celebrate the party together. So could I just ask you, as you're making your prayer list, this might be part of your playlist, is to pray for people by name, your neighbors, your associates, your business colleagues, your schoolmates, your family, your friends, and then as you have opportunity, to invite them to come and to see. And maybe God will do something in their heart that they'll know, oh my goodness, what have I been missing? If you're a guest today, let me thank you for accepting the invitation of somebody Maybe you found us online. Maybe it was a neighbor or a friend for you. Maybe it was a family member. But you came as they invited you. And I want to ask God's blessing upon you for coming, if you would let me. I, in fact, what I want to do today is close my comments with a few prayers. I would like to pray for those who are following Christ already, but want to get closer. Just want to get closer to God. The scripture promises if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And I would like to offer a prayer that that could happen for you beginning today during this countdown. And then maybe for somebody else, you've thought about having a relationship with Jesus, but it just hasn't really officially started. And so I would like to offer a prayer that maybe fits that part of your journey today. 
And then I'd love to, to close. If you're here with family and you, you want to just lean over, you know, into each other's space a little bit or hold hands, then I want to ask God's blessing upon our families. And if you're not here with family, then we'll pray for them wherever they are, and we will ask God's blessing upon you as part of his family in our Christ journey. So would you pray with me now? Lord Jesus, first I just pray for sisters and brothers of ours, spiritual disciples of yours, who for whatever reason just feel a little bit distant, um, maybe a little bit shadowed by circumstance, maybe made a wrong turn and wound up in a dead end and now just need to come home to you. So if that's you, sister, brother, here's a prayer. Lord Jesus, you promised that you would never leave me or forsake me. But I have found myself feeling cold and distant from you. So I trust today that you will keep your word. As I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. Help me sense you. Renew and restore the joy of my salvation as I lean into you. Open my ears that I can follow. Now, perhaps for you, you'd like to know how to begin a relationship with Christ. Here's a prayer for you. Lord Jesus, if you're real, if you can hear this prayer, then I'm asking you to show me in my life. Come into my life. Forgive my sin. Fill me with your spirit. You know the longings, the desires that I have. If you are the fulfillment, then I don't want to miss the gift. I receive you as my Savior, and I receive the blessing you promised Abraham. Salvation. Thank you, Lord. Now, on this prayer, our heads are bowed and our eyes are still closed, but if you prayed that prayer and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, I would love for you simply to raise your hand wherever you're seated. If you're joining us online, you can click there, and we're praying with you and for you now. Thank you right here in the middle section toward the center, and amen. I'm trying to see. Thank you. Thank you. Toward my right to the far right toward the door, God bless you, and right here in the middle on the right. If I don't see your hand, forgive me, but Lord, for every person whose hand is lifted, we thank you for the promise that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we pray that right now you would, by your spirit, help them sense your presence as they have trusted you. And now I want to pray for our families if you want to join hands with yours, if you have someone close by, you feel comfortable with that. Lord, I pray for every home, for every heart, for every family joined together in our hearing today, across the nation, online, all of our campuses. For dads, we pray your blessing for every dad, for every father, for every challenge they're facing. Would you grant strength? And for every place of confusion, would you bring peace and perspective? Now we pray for every mom. Lord, for a heart that is full of love but also full of distraction sometimes and the anxieties and the challenges uh, disrupt that sense of peace. We pray for 
our mothers and ask that you, by your spirit, would guard their hearts and their minds with the sentinel of your peace. We pray for our children, for our sons and daughters, that your dreams could come true in their lives, that you would open their ears and open their hearts in a way that causes them to know how deeply you love them and how much you have for them. And Lord, we pray for marriages, for those that are running the race faithfully, for those that are finding themselves in a tough spot where hearts are tender. We welcome your strength. We welcome your healing. We pray your presence for every part of our family life. And for those of us who are here without our families, we know that they're not too far away for you. And we receive your blessing for them and ask, Lord, that you would help us be part of that blessing as we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.